Welcome to the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, the podcast 10 for 10, which brings you the week's top 10 compliance stories curated together in one podcast each week. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, brings you the compliance professional stories you need to be aware of at the end of your busy week. Sit back, and in 10 minutes, hear about the stories every compliance professional should be aware of. Every Saturday, 10 for 10 highlights the most important news, insights, and analysis for the compliance professional, all curated by the voice of compliance, Tom Fox. Get your weekly filling of compliance stories with 10 for 10, hosted by Tom Fox. Hosted by Tom Fox. 10 for 10 is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Stories from the week of July 2023. Next up, a story from Radio Free Europe that Unilever has added its name to the Ukrainian National Agency on Corruption Prevention's um, list of sponsors of war, uh, goods against war, saying that the owner of hundreds of international brands has uh, announced its decision to quit the Russian market over Moscow's invasion of the uh, of Ukraine. Certainly a positive step for both Unilever and uh, the Ukraine for Russia to do so. Nevertheless, you, must, uh, you might want to ask uh, why this took them so long to do so, but at least they finally did. And our final story comes to us from Business Insider, and it reports that Pakistan's government made overnight changes on July 2nd to make more strident uh, anti-corruption laws uh, in the wake of the arrest of former Premier Imran Khan and his appearance before the company's Apex Anti-Graft Investigation Agency. The uh, changes... Um, were made on, um, or rather, uh, it, it was uh, done uh, to hopefully ramp up the charges against the former premier, and that it's going to be interesting to see uh, how and what the result will be going forward. A recent California Supreme Court case, uh, which increased the rights of whistleblowers, the uh, claim uh required or allowed, rather, uh, employees who disclose information um, even to an agency or a company that previously had the information um, is given whistleblower protection. Prior law said that uh, if the information was already known, there was no whistleblower protection available. A very interesting article from the Wall Street Journal Risk and Compliance Journal, um, the um, Biggest U.S. banks are going to have to demonstrate they haven't gotten so large that they are unwieldy or they'll face a potential breakup. What's so interesting about this is that it was indeed the Fed and the OCC said they wanted more concentration of banks in the wake of the SVB bank failure. So obviously um, this is inconsistent. But banks are going to have to be able to manage themselves 
in a way that uh, demonstrates they can do so and that that will not lead to uh, its own set of compliance issues. Our next story comes to us from PBS, which reports on the corruption in the country of Lebanon and how not only has the corruption devastated the country's economy, but the country cannot pull out of its economic doldrums because so much of the nation's gross national product is stolen by corruption. It really demonstrates not only why Lebanon is a failed state, but the true impact of corruption and the invidiousness of corruption damages people, places, and things in a wide variety of ways beyond simply the theft of money. So a really interesting report from PBS on this issue. Our next story comes to us from Reuters, which says that the SEC has charged the windowmaker view and its XCCFO over accounting frauds. View is a maker of smart windows who tended panels, panels, just panes rather, just with the sun. And uh, the chief, former chief financial officer for underestimating or understating the cost of replacing defective windows. Apparently, there was a large number of windows that had to be replaced. View itself will not have to pay a fine because it reported the error, took remedial action, and cooperated with the SEC. However, former CFO Vadul Prakash was charged with negligence-based fraud, disclosure, and books and records violations. The view went through a $1.6 billion merger um, with Cantor Fitzgerald, and the case arose from a defective ceiling component in View's smart windows. According to the SEC, View disclosed $22 to $25 million in liabilities when it Turns out they were between $48 million to $53 million. So uh, not only be safe out there, but be honest and truthful out there. Next up, another story from the Wall Street Journal, Risk and Compliance Journal. This time, Dylan Tokar reporting that a former top London police officer will head the serious fraud office. Nick Upgrave will succeed Lisa Osofsky, whose tenure at the agency was marked by several high-profile corporate settlements, but a disastrous series of courtroom defeats, and leadership controversies. Epgrave, a former assistant commissioner for the Met, will begin an initial five-year term as the SFO's director in late September. He uh, is the first non-lawyer to head the FCO as prior directors had significant experience as public prosecutors. Osofsky, a dual U.S.-U.K. citizen, had served as a federal prosecutor in the United States, as well as a deputy general counsel for the FBI. She also held jobs at Goldman Sachs and two risk consultancies. The SFO, unlike the DOJ, houses both investigators and prosecutors and has a broader remit. The reputation of the SFO was seriously damaged during Osofsky's tenure, and we can only hope that she will be able to uh, bring it back in a way that uh, reintroduces confidence into the uh, SFO. Next up, in a very interesting op-ed piece from Edward Luce at the Financial Times, he discusses the moral bankruptcy of the Ivy League and the Ivy League America. The, uh, this, there's been a series of articles about education in the wake of the Supreme Court eviscerating 
I'm sorry, not eviscerating, destroying affirmative action in the United States. And the real problem is that nearly 50% of all college admissions are either legacies, meaning their parents went to that university, athletes under scholarship, or kids of staff and or professors. And when you leave 50% open for the rest of the world to ad- or admissions, that's going to make for a very small pool. Now, when you layer on uh, disadvantaged minorities who've never really been given a chance or for other historical reasons have not had success at that university or those universities, particularly the Ivy League universities, you begin to see the problem. One can only hope that uh, universities will look at economic disadvantage or other factors which will help them uh, bring disadvantaged youths to such universities. Uh, But this Supreme Court is dead set against giving any type of assistance to uh, minorities going forward. So Ivy League universities, according to Mr. Luce, are going to have to answer this clarion call. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 10 for 10. As I mentioned in prior episode, this is the one request I've received most often from podcast listeners of the Daily Compliance News to put together a summary at week's end so that every compliance professional can catch up on the news quite quickly. So I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review this new podcast edition to the Compliance Podcast Network family, 10 for 10. If you've got an idea for a podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I start many shows based upon ideas from listeners. So give me a shout. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. 10 for 10 is a proud member of the Compliance Podcast Network.